One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time. It's my screen time too. Hello and welcome to It's My Screen Time Too, the podcast where two moms have emptied the memory space once used for celebrity gossip and replaced it with Paw Patrol plot lines. I'm Deborah. And I'm Katie. And I have uh, three kids. I have an eight-year-old named Tony, and I have twins named Libby and Nate, who are five. And I have two kids. I have a three-year-old named Jay and a two-month-old named Kenny. Yay. Our kids are pretty stinking adorable, aren't they? They are. And we like to tell a quick story about how awesome they are. Remember when I used to tell you about cute things my kids have mispronounced yes I remember apricot and apricot yeah now my eight-year-old is doing it because he is encountering words that are not in his vocabulary in books uh-huh. and it's so cute like he asked to go to a physician oh <laughs> when he wasn't feeling well <laughs> and a lot of them are like place names because those are harder to pronounce uh-huh because they don't always follow it well what does follow the rules in English? It's so idiosyncratic. But I have to start writing them down because it's really adorable. I don't know about you, but when I come across words that I don't know in a book now, I just like mentally recognize the shape of them and I don't even bother trying to figure out how to pronounce them. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm embarrassed uh, to tell you how late it was that I realized how to pronounce Hermione's name in Harry Potter like I just saw it and in my head I was like oh that's a name I've never seen before I will file it away (laughs) as like this is what that name looks like but I didn't even give a thought to how one would say it out loud (laughs) oh yeah I think I said it Hermione probably me too embarrassingly I made the mistake of telling Jay the why did the chicken cross the road joke oh dear (laughs) so now he is just totally confused about what a joke is so he keeps asking like why did the insert animal name here cross the road or sometimes a variation is walk down the road and then I ask why and he just says like to see his mommy and his aunt and then he just doubles over laughing like it's the funniest (laughs) thing ever so despite the many mentions I have made on this podcast about how I'm justifying exposing Jay to questionably appropriate television in order to teach him how jokes work I have not succeeded (laughs) (laughs) so um did you want to talk about the fall tv schedule Yes. Are you watching anything good that's new? I love it when the Entertainment Weekly comes out and does their fall TV preview. I read some recommendations from the New York Times. Um, I'm getting a lot of emails from like the decider.com about things that are new on Netflix and Hulu. There's just so much. So uh-huh. anything, anything you're making time for? Um, well, we are super excited about the return of Doctor Who. Uh, Mm -hmm. which premieres this week as we're recording. Sorry, you won't hear this for another two weeks Um, because I don't know if you know this, but for the first time in Doctor Who's illustrious history, there is a woman playing the Doctor. Ooh. So it's kind of a big deal. We're excited about it. 
Um, The Walking Dead is also coming back, which I have to say, of all the TV shows, usually I'm pretty excited about my the TV shows I watch coming back. But my reaction when I read that The Walking Dead was coming back this week was, already? Which is probably not a good reaction to have. <laughs> yeah, I can't with that show anymore. I can't watch it. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's just the completest urge in me to finish it up because we've devoted so much time to it. So we'll probably watch it, but it's definitely not at the top of my list. What is at the top of my list is The Return of the Good Place, uh, which is coming for to start its third season. Or no, actually, it premiered maybe two weeks ago at this point. I love that show. I don't know. Do you watch that one? No, but Kristen Bell is in it, right? Mm -hmm. And Ted Danson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like those two actors. They're great. Definitely worth your time to catch up on Netflix. I think both seasons, both previous seasons are available there. And it's a half an hour, which is so much easier to commit to as a parent than an hour long Mm -hmm. show. And it is legitimately very funny. So that's my recommendation for you. Are you excited about any shows? Maniac is top of our list because mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy's friends have been texting back and forth about it and he needs to watch it. We're trying to finish up Ozark before we some- start something new. And I was willing to just jump ahead to Maniac, but he's kind of like that book finisher. Yep. Like you are. <laughs> yeah. See, I cannot get behind Ozark because I'm just done with stories about drugs. I'm just done with it. I feel like we've seen every iteration. Oh, huh. That's a plot line I will never tire of. Okay. Well, you and everyone else, apparently, because they keep coming out and I keep shrugging my shoulders, but they keep getting made. Um, but Maniac, yeah, I'm definitely... Is Netflix releasing that? Is it all out like they usually do? I think do? you can watch all of it right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm curious about it. It looks... Like, I watched, like, five minutes of it. It mm-hmm. seemed a little Mr. Robot-y. Mm-hmm. But I do like Jonah Hill. And, man, he got skinny. Yeah. I, Emma Stone, I like her, too. I think I specifically like Jonah Hill because he seems to struggle with yo-yo dieting. And that is something yeah. to which I can relate. <laughs> yeah. I think it's hilarious that in all of the press coverage leading up to the premiere of Maniac they were like super bad co-stars Jonah Hill and Emma Stone back together again is that a thing anymore like no one was clamoring for a super bad reunion why do they even need to mention it wow that's wild I have not seen that I really hated that movie yeah it wasn't for us yeah no not (laughs) at all so we're always looking for recommendations of new stuff to watch and so one of the reasons why I was really into the fall preview issues of like in the newspaper magazines and stuff is because I was looking for kids stuff and I realized there are no lists of new children's TV shows. And I wonder, like, are they not on the same cycle? Do media outlets think that people just don't care? Kids will watch whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's the, it's, uh, this is the only year I've ever noticed it. Yeah, I feel like the only time I ever read stories in like the general press about kids TV are when it's something really nostalgic coming back. Like I remember reading a little bit when before the Muppet Babies premiered, Mm -hmm. like you'd see that in the press every once in a while. But I wonder if it just seems like they've embraced 
with streaming the ability to premiere a television show any old time in a way that grown-up TV hasn't or if it's always been that way and I just haven't paid attention because I haven't had kids. Right. And movies are a different story. Movies are hyped just like regular movies for a more adult audience are hyped. Mm -hmm. So something we should check out. And I think too with movies like there's more of a chance of having a four quadrant success. Like you can have adults that are legitimately interested in children's movies and that happens a lot less with TV. Right. Right. But yeah, it's interesting to think about. Listeners, if you have any ideas as to why that's the case, maybe there is like a fall premiere glut of television shows that we're just missing. If so, let us know. All right. What are we talking about today? Is that Deborah? Zebra? (laughs) Zoo. (laughs) Deborah the Zebra. (laughs) Nobody's ever put that together before. Good one. Unintentionally on the nose. I don't know if you know this, but I am very funny. Okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) Zoo. So Zoo is a animated show geared toward the preschool set. It is on Hulu right now, um, but it was produced for Disney in Europe and it premiered in the UK in 2012. And it's a French series based on books by Michel Gay. And it covers a little zebra named Zoo and his multi-generational housing situation. He seems to live with his grandmother, grandfather, mom and dad. And then um, he's got some neighborhood pals that he interacts with pretty frequently. I think his great-grandmother lives with them, too. Oh, geez. I did not pick up on that. (laughs) Um, So I saw this on a list of kids' show recommendations on Pop Sugar Moms. And Katie liked it because it was French. Ooh, la, la. (laughs) And it's also just been a little while since we did a preschool show. Mm -hmm. About time. Yeah. We got to keep those in the mix. (laughs) And we watched four episodes because they're each pretty short. They're around 11 or 12 minutes a piece. Um, So we watched from season one, episode one, Zoo the Chef. Episode 28, Zoo's Bicycle. From season two, episode 19, The Portraits. And episode 40, Tough Duff. No. Tough (laughs) Toto. That's a hard one. Those are hard words. (laughs) They look like they should rhyme, but they don't. Man, English. It's a hard language. (laughs) So we'll start by going through the episodes uh, one at a time, and then we'll talk about our more general thoughts. Um, All right. So the first episode was Zoo the Chef. I feel like I should say just before we get started that I'm recording in the kitchen. So if you hear... A rattling noise behind me. It is the cat trying to eat the blinds. And if you hear a grunting noise, it is the infant in his swing. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So season one, episode one, Zoo the Chef. It's Mother's Day at Zoo's house. And Zoo uh, makes a cake with his grandmother for Mother's Day. And Zoo's dad, not knowing it's for Mother's Day, eats the cake. And then Zoo tries to make another cake by himself with disastrous results. But of course, mom comes home. And because moms are awesome, she just encourages him and tells him how sweet it was that he even wanted to bake her a cake. And then they make the cake together and everyone eats it. And it's great. I really appreciated that this 
small segment sucked me in from the first by being like, oh, let's get the moms. Let's make it be Mother's Day in the pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just get them from the jump. So I appreciated that little extra bit of thinking. I also liked that the baking segment when Zoo was baking with his grandmother was a little bit instructive. I mean, she said things like you have to sift the flour. You know, she actually broke it down a little bit instead of it just being like two seconds where they throw some things in a bowl and then they have a cake. It was instructive. It reminded me I have this cookbook from Canada because uh, some of our relatives are live in Canada mm-hmm. and are Canadian. And the instructions in this Canadian, French-Canadian cookbook are different than like my go-to Betty Crocker American style. Really? That's fascinating. How so? Yeah. They have you like sift all the dry ingredients together and then form a little well into which you pour the egg in. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They're more detailed. Uh Uh-huh. And they don't assume you're using like a stand mixer mixer, (laughs) or a handheld mixer, which I think American cookbooks kind of assume that you have all of the razzly-dazzly kitchen electric utensils. And also that you lack the upper body strength to stir a cookie batter or something. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So Zoo did take a bite of the batter, which I do let my kids do but I'm also like you know there's raw eggs in there right mm-hmm. kind of like giving them a warning like yeah you might get sick it's up to you do you think <laughs> it has something to do with like uh European food ways that maybe there's less yeah. pre- prevalence of salmonella spread through it's salmonella that we worry about with eggs right yeah I don't think people really do get salmonella from eating cookie dough batter or cake batter or whatever but Yeah, the Europeans, they don't even refrigerate their eggs. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it's safer there because they don't have quite the culture of factory farming that we do. Yeah, that could be true. Like I remember I have a girlfriend whose boyfriend is German and she's like, the first time we cooked chicken together and he went to chop something else on the cutting board after the chicken had already been there without washing it, I almost lost my mind. Oh, yeah. Gross. Um, I have not. Jay hasn't licked the batter yet, although he did say he wants to make cookies today. So I guess we'll see how that goes. Try it at your own risk, Jay. <laughs> I'm sure he'll understand the consequences fully. <laughs> and when he's vomiting later, he'll be like, I only have myself to blame. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the element of the plot? where the dad was totally oblivious to the fact that it was Mother's Day and his son might have been making a cake for his mother and just assumed that the cake was free to be eaten. Yeah, it reminded me of like commercials where a dad is like, can't do laundry kind mm-hmm. of. Which in the just the context of the show is funny. Um, larger social commentary realm it's not that funny but I did like the part where Zoo was zoned out in front of the TV like we're watching a show about a kid and he happens to be zoned out in front of the TV TV and so zoned out that he he takes the cake he accepts a slice of cake from his dad Mm -hmm. and starts eating it and then he realizes what has been done to his special Mother's Day cake for his mom. It was so meta. Mm-hmm. I loved yeah. that part. That was I great. That was great. <laughs> it also made me seriously rethink my parenting choices. 
but then move forward because again we have a podcast on this subject um it is kind of an interesting cultural moment to be talking about the attitude of zoo's dad uh because of the whole boys will be boys conversation that's going on right now Mm -hmm. and not to get too political but we are definitely living in a moment where it's okay to question as a group as to whether that attitude is acceptable and I feel like that's kind of what Zoo's dad's behavior falls under like eh, it's just dads they don't get it and but why, why is that okay how hard is it to ask yeah if you may help yourself to a piece of that cake or how hard is it to look at your flipping calendar on your phone and know that it's Mother's Day and put two right. and two together <laughs> right um, I did also like the moment of passive aggressive behavior on the part of Zoo's mom when she comes in to find the kitchen a mess and Zoo's dad walks in and is like, oh, I guess Zoo made a mess. And she goes, I think someone should have helped you. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Nice Mostly shade. because that's my preferred confrontational style. So. <laughs> So all in all, I think Zoo the Chef was a successful first episode. So in Zoo's bicycle, Elsie, which is a friend of Zoo's, she gets a new bicycle. Zoo wants his own bicycle. So his grandpa finds his own boyhood bike for Zoo to ride. Uh, But Zoo is like very polite about it, but he's clearly not into antique bikes. (laughs) Um, the grandpa's able to adjust the seat, repair the tire, and soon Zoo is cruising with Elsie around the beautiful fountain in the center of their like town park. And then their friend Zach, he comes in on a scooter, falls and breaks his scooter. Elsie's brand new bicycle gets a flat and then grandpa fixes everything. The old folks are still useful. I loved that as a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what did you think? I enjoyed this because I like antique things and I like the lesson for kids that like our culture doesn't have to be quite as disposable as it is. Mm -hmm. I am at the point in my parenting where I'm really frustrated with just the sheer amount of toys and the fact that sometimes it feels like I can't take a step without stepping on something plastic that is out to kill me. So the idea that like Zoo would gain an appreciation for older things that still have a lot of life in them was... Uh, really meaningful to me I think (laughs) how about you that is a totally different reading than I had and I think it's just because we watched the episode where he zoo bakes a cake with his grandma Mm -hmm. so like the woman's place is in the kitchen and then we watched this episode and they are not they don't go together this is episode 28 Mm -hmm. um and it's the grandpa who's doing all the tinkering and fix it up in the garage and at the very end I think he yells to Elsie get your dad to oil it I was like moms can oil yours too (laughs) that's a really good point (laughs) oh yeah I appreciate your feminist rage I totally that went over my head uh, well, I mean, we were looking at different things. I, I like the idea of fixing up the antique bike because, yeah. I don't know. Have you ever tried to give any, like, precious childhood toys that you've saved to your kids? 
Um, Libby has my Barbie dolls. Mm -hmm. Does she love it or is she like peeved that it's old? (laughs) She likes them and she doesn't mind like they have some haircuts. Like one has like went through a self-mutilation phase and so like there's this big hole cut out of her thigh. I'm sorry, they were that's not no laughing well matter, taken but... care of. They were not self like they were not preserved well, but she doesn't mind it. <laughs> See, I tried to give my like precious uh old stuffed animal to Jay and he just like doesn't care. <laughs> Aww. Maybe I'll try again with Kenny, because if I took it away from Jay, he wouldn't even notice. Take it away. He doesn't deserve it. <laughs> All right. Anything else about <laughs> Zoo's bicycle? No, I can move on. All right. So let's move on to season two, episode 19, The Portraits. Uh, In this episode, Zoo is at his friend's, what is her name? The girl? Elsie. Elsie's house. And Elsie's mom is apparently an artist. So Elsie, well, they start out by the kids are all outside and they're trying to paint, paint pictures of Zoo's pet bird, Pock. But Zoo keeps moving, so they can't get a good picture of him. And then they all go inside to pose for portraits painted by Elsie's mom. And they learn about staying still for the portraits and being patient because Elsie's mom says that she will buy them frozen yogurt after they're all done posing for portraits. But over the course of posing for portraits, Elsie's mom loses her purse. She accidentally sweeps it up with some flower petals when there's an accident so after posing for portraits they have to use the portraits to figure out what happened to Elsie's mom's purse so it's a little bit of a lesson about patience it's a little bit about you know following clues and retracing your steps to find out where you left something what did we think of the portraits I have a lot of thoughts (laughs) okay good okay on Elsie's mom first of all I liked her outfit Mm -hmm. she had a lot of flair yeah but That's the worst activity I've ever heard of for kids, Mm -hmm. making them stand still so you can paint their portrait. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Because they're supposed to be five years old, right? Like the two kids, Zoo and Elsie, are five, and Zach is even younger, right? He's younger, and we should describe Zach. He has like a donkey mouth. Mm -hmm. He definitely has some buck teeth going. Yeah, definitely an overbite, and he's got, like, kind of a nasally way of speaking. Like, he he probably is going to have to have that adenoid surgery. Oh, yeah. adenoids <laughs> He's just kind of sweet mm-hmm. and clumsy. Yeah. And she made him stand still <laughs> for so long. That kid needs to be getting some energy out at the park. Yes. Yeah, it was <laughs> very funny. And it made me think of... The baby book that we've talked about before, the bringing up baby, like how to yeah. bring up your child like a French child and how French children are so much more patient and they understand how to operate in an adult's world better. This was a illustration of that, apparently. <laughs> yeah, those cultural expectations do not translate well no. <laughs> to these American parents. And then after the mom loses her purse... And she says, I can't take you out for frozen yogurt. Would you care for some orange juice instead? (laughs) Then Zoo, like, he looks 
kind of crestfallen, but he says, yes, please. But let's keep looking for the wallet. And like any child I know, even the most like well-behaved, like self-contained child I know would have cried a little bit. Uh-huh. Or like thrown a little bit of a tantrum or expressed some kind of displeasure. Because like OJ is no substitute for frozen yogurt. <laughs> But again, let this be a parenting lesson to us, Deborah. Sweets are <laughs> sweets. Juice is not good for them. It should be just as special as frozen yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> One more que- question. So Pock the bird is like kind of their pe- pet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's really a pet, but he's like as involved in their activities as they are. But he's like the Pluto of this world like why do the zebras talk and live like humans but the bird can't well there are no other anthropomorphic animals it's only zebras in this world at least that i noticed it's not like when they're at the park there are like cats and horses also it's just zebras but since you mentioned Pac, i forgot to mention something about the zoo the chef episode and i think this episode also drives it home birds are the worst pets they're the worst like you can't control them they just poop everywhere and you can have no expectation that they won't just ruin everything yeah don't get a bird yeah no that's that's the lesson I learned from zoo (laughs) should we move on to tough duff toto yes toe duff tough doe Just looks so weird because they should rhyme, but they don't. Okay. So in Tufto, <laughs> Zach, as <laughs> we just talked about, he has homework to do. So his dad drops him off at Zoo's house and Zoo helps him do his homework. <laughs> Zoo's the Zach most responsible like maybe... five-year-old ever. Yeah. So Zoo's like five. Zach's like four, maybe. And he is supposed to make a sculpture of his favorite thing out of Play-Doh. And he wants to make like really fantastical things like a pirate ship. And Zoo has to talk him down and make his expectations more realistic. And eventually talks him into making a car. But then he's like really critical of the car that Zach makes. Yeah. And he... Zoo's helping in quotations but he's also like laughing at Zach kind of like he's an idiot and Zach just keeps taking Zoo's suggestions Zach kind of tries to get to Tom Sawyer Zoo into making the wheels for his car but Zoo doesn't take that bait Zoo's mom counsels Zoo on how to help Zach choose to make something simple and by the time that all gets worked out Zach has finally made a smile his favorite thing. I really felt bad for Zach in this episode. And then when they're done, the dad comes to pick Zach up. <laughs> like, he, it was not really a play date. Like, Zoo is his homework helper. <laughs> WTF. Also, a very weird homework assignment just from the point of view of impermanence. Like, don't have a kid make something out of Play-Doh and then expect it to make it to the classroom the next morning. Like, at least use Sculpey or something that you can bake into a form. 
Right. That'll stay. That won't just crumble when it gets dry. Yeah. Yeah. Or get like smushed in a backpack or something. I don't trust Zach's dad to like keep a Play-Doh car intact. No. <laughs> um, I have a question about English English. About Anglo-English? About the English okay. the British speak. Do they say sculpturing instead of sculpting? Or was that a translation mistake from the French? Because they, oh, they say sculpturing the, throughout the whole episode. You're really good at sculpturing. That's a great question. And one, I did not catch that. And two, I have no idea. Listeners, if you know, let us know. It was really interesting. I don't know that I had any other thoughts specific to Tough Duff. I thought it was pretty tedious and it made me grateful that we have the freedom to be moms who don't do crafts. <laughs> At least I am a mom who doesn't really do crafts. I thought you just didn't do glitter. I don't like glitter either. <laughs> I mean, my kids have some art supplies, but I don't ever like set them on a project where there is supposed to be an end result that looks a certain way. Mm-hmm. Right, right. What there? You taught me the different terms for like crafts that are open ended versus crafts that are task specific, but I've forgotten them. Right. Me too. <laughs> way way back in the days of Artie, what was that show called with Artie the alien? Oh, Creative yeah. Galaxy. Creative Galaxy. Yeah. So in general, what did you think of the concept of this show? My question mm-hmm. about Zoo, and I feel like it's a question that comes up a lot about preschool shows, is. Is our hero, our main character, an annoying know-it-all? And I feel like yes. we've had this question all the way back to, like, Peppa, Peppa Pig. And I'm thinking about Miles from Tomorrowland, how Miles is always the one to save the day and is kind of insufferable. Like Sid. Sid, yes. Is it just a thing with preschool shows that, like, adults can't show preschoolers behaving without also as an unintended side effect them being awful yeah I think are they supposed to be aspirational like this is maybe what a preschooler could look like as their best self like helping their pals with their homework yes are we doing kids a disservice by not like presenting the full spectrum like why does it have to be zoo the perfect zebra or horrid henry like why can it only be one or the other yeah honestly i would rather watch a show called zach just showing like zach moving through the world Uh in his imperfect way i think that would be way more original and cuter and more fun to watch Mm -hmm. personalities are allowed to have shades and People can be more than one thing at a time. It's kind of like um, the quirky best friend always has to be the quirky best friend and can never be the lead in a romantic comedy. Yes, exactly. It is very much like that. So in that sense, I feel like the concept of Zoo was very much in line with the other preschool shows we've watched. Mm -hmm. I, as you mentioned before, I did really like the multi-generational aspect of it. I Mm -hmm. wish that we had gotten to see an episode that focused on Nana, who is the great grandmother, because I feel like that is not something that we've seen portrayed is four generations all together in a house. Um, Mm -hmm. And there are 104 episodes of this thing on Hulu. So there may be episodes that focus on Nana, 
but uh, I was really interested in that in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything in particular you noticed about the animation that you liked or didn't like? It was okay. Um, it's that CGI. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not my favorite type of animation, but I didn't have a lot of criticism about it either. Yeah. It was average. I think we're pretty used to it at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did you compare this to any adult movies or shows? Well, you know, the aspect that I've chosen to focus on is the multi-generational aspect. Have you ever seen the television show Last Tango in Halifax? No, I have not. I think that's what it's called. It's been a while since I watched it. It is a British show, and it's about uh, two elderly, or an elderly couple who were high school sweethearts, and they reconnect years and years later via Facebook, and then mm-hmm. they start dating, and it's about their extended family. So they both have daughters from their previous marriages, and then like there are children below the be- below them. But obviously, it focus it focuses mostly on the first two generations, not so much the kids. Uh, but it's a really interesting exploration of like how you can have a third act in life. And I don't know, I just really like that it, it assumes that all these people are still a part of one another's lives, like it doesn't consider them in isolation. And it's a pretty sweet show. I didn't make it through the whole run. It was one that like, I binged a whole season of and I was really into and then I kind of abruptly (laughs) had had enough of it and was ready to move on to something else. Uh, But my first instinct was to compare it to Modern Family, which is another like multi-generational show. But I mm-hmm. thought this would be a, a less traditional choice. How about you? That's good. I also was thinking of a multi-generational housing situation. <laughs> I thought about Everybody Loves Raymond mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and then also a little less traditionally, but still sort of multi-generational is Who's the Boss? Do you remember that show? Did you watch that as oh, a kid? Oh, yeah. Mona lived with them, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. I had forgotten that. Yeah, Judith Light. What a treasure. Did you do any gritty HBO reboot casting? Well, like I said before, like the heteronormative, aggressively heteronormative roles played by the adults kind of got to me. So I would cast Kathy Bates as the grandpa. Okay. And I would cast Louis Anderson as the grandma, Aww. kind of like how he plays <laughs> Baskets' mom in Baskets. Have you seen that? I have not. It looks so aggressively tragicomic that I just can't do it. I haven't watched a whole lot of that show, but the episodes I've watched are pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was also kind of taken with Elsie's mom. Mm-hmm. And just how her expectations of her kids were so weird. Um, but I would cast Helena Bonham Carter. Ooh. Because I think she can do quirky artist really well. Mm-hmm. She is a quirky artist. I, I, and the kids, as always, I don't know any child actors. I have to get better at that. Yeah, we say that every week, but we never do it. <laughs> the diet starts tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like it. I like it. I like the Kathy Bates in particular. I think she'd fix a good bicycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zoo is all about, like, Zoo learning how to live in the world. Like, he experiences different mm-hmm. things, right? He learns different skills, like how to bake a cake and how to fix a bicycle and how to sit still for a portrait. <laughs> so I kind of want to see super competent top of their game, maybe a little insufferable adult professionals having to work with a five-year-old child to try and impart to them what their skill is. So that's good. I want one of the self-important egotistical chefs from a chef's table to like be stuck with a child for an arbitrary amount of time. Like let's say three hours. Uh, to teach that child how to bake a cake that would be hilarious (laughs) and I don't know like I jump to the chefs because that's the like I feel like I've seen a couple examples but I'm sure like whoever's at the top of their game in bicycle building is also not going to have much patience for a five-year-old that is like poking their fingers and everything right 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 that's good I like it would you do like different Industries are mostly focused on like kitchen industries. No, I think you could do all sorts of different industries. Like the spreadsheets. <laughs> yes, data entry. Yes. <laughs> oh, your work for today is just a series of semicolons. <laughs> um, or like you were saying, just the unrealistic expectation that kids would sit still for a portrait. Like, let's see that actually play out in reality. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> um, do you think it was better when we were kids? Was it better when we were kids? I don't know <laughs> that I can come up with anything. I mean, I feel like Sesame Street is the gold standard from when we were kids and more realistic. Mm-hmm. I, Did yeah. we like French imports? Not that I can remember. Well, the only like French that I was exposed to was produced by the BBC and it was the Muzzy cartoons. Yeah. So this is better than that. Yeah. As much as I loved Muzzy. Uh, but yeah, it's it's hard to make the comparison just because, I don't know, this show isn't particularly remarkable. <laughs> Sorry, Zoo. Right, right. <laughs> so would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? No, I, on the grand scale, it's better than some preschool programming. So I would find it less grading, but I would never seek it out and watch it alone voluntarily. How about you? No, I did. I didn't mention this before, but I did kind of like the soundtrack. It was just really soothing music, very like keep your cortisol levels low type music. So I wouldn't mind like listening to that music if I were like waiting in a doctor's office (laughs) or like my dentist office plays really bad, like top 40 hits from like the 80s and 90s every dentist's office every why you guys i always hear the glory of love at a dentist's office like yes. every visit <laughs> yeah there's so many other genres of music i'd rather listen to but i would honestly rather listen to the zoo soundtrack than <laughs> what my dentist plays i love it <laughs> <laughs> 
this this will be like the back of the book quotes for this show like music appropriate <laughs> for a dentist's office <laughs> uh should we do 10 seconds on whether this is good for our kids yeah my opinions aside i think it is fine nothing wrong with it except for the aggressively stereotypical gender roles and i would take that over a lot of shows that have so much violence like yes it has stereotypical gender roles but I feel better equipped to like deal with that with my kids and maybe engage them in a conversation about it rather than like oh my gosh do we have to watch another fight scene and try for me to futilely explain that like hitting is bad (laughs) right and like Nobody's pushing teachers around like in Sid the Science Kid in this yes. show. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> in fact, Sue is probably bringing a whole bushel full of apples to his teacher in any school-centric episode. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you rate it? Uh, I feel like I've been really boring in the last few episodes in my ratings, but I would probably give it a three. Like, it's pretty middle of the road. Uh, I think like there was there was more to grab onto there as an adult than a lot of the shows that we watch. So maybe mm-hmm. I would I would edge it to a three point five, not because I liked it, but because there was a little bit more food for thought. How about yeah, you? Yeah, I same. I would give it about a three and a half, three and three quarters <laughs> for the episodes that Zach figured prominently in. <laughs> Zach was really the breakout star. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts on Zoo? No. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate We really appreciate it. You can find us on Facebook to consider the conversation at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. And that's also where you'll find out what we're covering in our next episode because Deborah is way more on top of that than I am. You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions or any general comments at at myscreentime2. You can email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Deborah and her adorable children, and our podcast is produced by me, Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. Bye. Screen time. Screen time.